Okay, so here we go. Um, where am I gonna start? You know, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna start with um. I I need to start with a positive story. I I'm trying to do that. I think that's really important in throughout this pandemic and what we're going through currently. Okay. Um. So, um. Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey pledges over a quarter of his wealth to fight coronavirus. Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey on Tuesday announced he would donate $1 billion of his equity in Square over a quarter of his wealth to support COVID-19 relief efforts. The 43-year-old billionaire made the announcement on Twitter uh, in a series of posts outlining where the money will go. Uh, this is this is a Twitter from uh, Jack Dorsey. I'm moving one billion dollars of uh, my Square Equity to uh, hashtag Start Small LLC to fund global COVID nineteen relief. After we disarm this pandemic, the focus will shift to girls' health and education, and uni- and UBI or Universal Basic Income. Um, it will operate transparently. All flows tracked here, and then there's a Google Docs spreadsheet. Um, but. Jack Dorsey, um, I just want to, I, you know, I just want to say thank you. And let me, let me say this. Words are very easy. Words are very easy. That's, you know, it's very common to hear the saying, put your money where your mouth is. Cause see, a lot of people are saying support, you know, we, you know, we love you. We support you. We do all these things, but who's willing to put up their money? Who's willing to do that? Who, who is willing to spread out their money to help this effort? Who, who's, who's willing to do that? Who's willing to, who's willing to put their money where their mouth is? You know, those, you know, those celebrities led by, uh, Gal Gadot, um, you know, she was talking about how, you know, she did the whole imagine thing with a bunch of celebrities. And I'm like, what are you people doing? Um, I, I just, I didn't really understand. I'm like, you know, here's the thing. If I'm a person and I have, it's like this. If I'm, and let, let me say this, let me say this. A lot of people will say, you know, I, I'm, I'm a fan of, I'm not someone who likes saying or telling people how to spend their money. I really don't like doing that. And I'm not, it's your money. You earned it. You can, you can spend it how you want. But I think what's important is if you are in a position, um, where you are, Financially, where you are financially walled off. You know, donate, you know, money to, to this cause. Because see, here's the thing. This, you realize this hurts every single person. The more money that's donated, the more, the more social distancing that we do, the more resources that are created, the quicker we can get on top of this thing. Think about that. I mean, I mean, think about this. People have the ability to, people, people have the ability in, in, in the age we live in now, we are able to combat viruses and diseases faster than ever before it just takes a lot of it just takes work and a little bit of patience and um teamwork and that's what this that's that's what we need right here jack dorsey is putting his money where his mouth is i mean a billion dollars jack dorsey i mean if no one if no one has told you i'm sure people have told you thank you but i want to say Thank you. I mean, that, that is huge.
That is very huge. It's easy to talk. Talk is very easy. You know, it's it's something that I find to be very, you know, very interesting in the world that we live in today. We live in a society where when people are angry and when people are upset, they just go to social media and they express their anger. But they don't really do anything about it. You know, um, there's this, uh, there's this, uh, doctor named Jillian Jordan and she's really good and she kind she kind of focuses on, um, the morality of humans and our decision making and things like that. And she's really good and her work is very, um, intriguing to me. Um, but she did this, she did, I can't think of the title, but it's about, how people um, kind of show their virtue, and they do it. And I don't, I, I can't think of all the details because I, it, it's a little old, and I'm always reading new things. But pretty much, it's pretty much she talks about how when people want to show that they are a good person, they will sometimes go out of their way to make sure that you see that they are a good person. Like for example, if there is a poor, if there's a someone who has no money. The, uh, someone who is trying to show that they are a good person will make sure that they kind of, ha- that they will kind of have a crowd a little bit and give someone money to make themselves look good. Or if they think someone should be punished, then they will act overly outraged to show that, you know, look, I mean, look how good I am. I'm, re- I really want this person to be punished. And I don't have all the details down exactly. And I, it, you know, it was a while ago, but it was really interesting. You know, social media is like that. People are angry. Oh, you know, you know, Trump locks children in cages, even though that started under Obama. Um, but that they'll just tweet that and they'll just tweet in all caps with a hundred exclamation points. And that that'll be it. They'll just tweet. They'll just post. They'll just, you know, be angry about it. And it's like, okay, well, what are you actually going to do about it? The ball is in your court. What are you going to do? You have an opportunity, you have an opportunity to make a change. Are you going to take it? Now, listen, now I'm not saying, I'm not saying everyone donate because clearly people can't. There are people who are really struggling right now. There are people who they have, they, they're out of work. They got laid off. They're trying to find another job when, you know, the unemployment rate is really high right now. I mean, I'm just, I'm just being serious. I'm really just being serious. And I think this is, I think this is important to understand. And I, I, I encourage you, especially if, if you are, you know, financially well off, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to make an announcement, but just use money to, I don't know, help, you know, like there was that guy the other day who saved up, I think like 900 bucks and he spent it on nurses and doctors and giving them free gas. Something so small that that makes such, that can make such a huge difference. Free gas. I mean, just, I mean, just think, just think of all actors and actresses, just say all prominent actors and actresses in Hollywood. Now they may not be liquid, they may not be liquid, but I know they do have some, you know, money in the bank. Just imagine if they took, just imagine if they took, I don't know. 10, I'll I'll just say 10,000 bucks, just 10,000 bucks and used and had that money go to creating more masks, um, you know, you know, helping, uh, you know, getting, getting gas, getting gases for nurse and doctors, you know, there was, there was this thing, there was this thing the other day. 
about um, these doctors and nurses who received free barbecue. And it's like, wow, that's just amazing. I mean, I mean, people need help right now. And Jack Dorsey, a billion dollars is a lot of money. I don't know if I'll ever be a billionaire. I don't really think I'll ever reach that level of wealth, uh, financial wealth. Um, that'd be kind of cool if I did. But one billion dollars is a lot of money. That's one with nine zeros. That's am- and three commas. That's amazing to me. I Jack Jack Dorsey. I just want to say thank you. I really just want to say thank you. And to those of you out there who have donated money to this cause, who have donated money to help this pandemic. I mean, it, this this is not this is this is not easy. Everyone is hurting. And this is just a beautiful thing. Um, I, I just, I can't. Listen, I don't know when this is going to end. I don't. And I am hopeful. Um, I don't know when these restrictions are going to be lifted. But I will say this. I do believe that people can very easily be discouraged by what by what they're seeing and they're not seeing too much progress or they may not feel like there's too much progress which by the way it's not true okay the progress is being made you know there are you know there's some flatlining in certain um areas in certain countries um you know, more masks are being made. There's a lot of, there's a lot more supplies. You know, ventilators are being created. You know, again, necessity is the mother of invention. It's amazing just how creative we can actually be when we need to be creative. It's, it's, it's an amazing thing. And I think that's such a beautiful thing about humans. But, I mean, we, we've come a long way, but there's still a long way to go. We have a lot of work to do. This is, unfortunately, COVID-19 is still spreading around the planet. You know, it, it's really amazing. If this were a different time, you know, go back, say like, you know, just go back a hundred years. It wouldn't nearly be this bad because people don't travel People didn't travel a hundred years ago the way they do today. 2020, I mean, in 1920, people, people just weren't traveling all over the place like they are today. People did travel. People went to other countries, but not at the speed and frequency that, that happens today. That's huge. And I think, I think that because we're more connected, you know, again, there's upsides and downsides to every single thing. You know, we're more connected. You know, we have learned more about other cultures. We can, you know, you can do international dating online. You know, you can meet, you can talk to people on the other side of the world. I can, you know, right now, stop this podcast, or I should just say stop this episode, and I can find someone to talk to in you know, Australia. That's an amazing thing. I mean, we're doing things now that, that couldn't even, that wasn't even thought about, you know, 50 years ago. I mean, we can do things instantaneously. But there's also drawbacks to that. People are flying all over the place. Some people have diseases. Some people, you know, they are terrorists and they want to cause problems in another country. There are upsides and downsides to this, but we will get through this, but it, it's going to take work. It's going to take work. It's going to take effort. It's going to take time. It's going to take patience. It's going to take teamwork. We have to work together. We have to social distance. 
We have to wash our hands. We, we can't listen. Staying inside isn't easy. But we, but we know that social distancing does work. We do know this. But one group and one, this is so frustrating. I hate that I have to talk about this again. China has reopened their wet markets. Their wet markets are reopened. Now, I don't know if it's all of them, but some of their wet markets are reopened. You know, I sometimes sometimes when you go through I've said this before. Sometimes when you go through a trial in life, sometimes when you go through a problem, you need to look back at yourself and you say, hmm, you know, what happened? Why did I go through this? You know, what could I, what could I have avoided? What could I have changed? You know, I should have gone left instead of right. You know, if I'm trying to do well on a test, um, you know, how well should I have studied? Did I study too long? Did I not study enough? Did I study the right material? Um, was I just too nervous? What happened? So what, when you go through something good or bad, you learn from your experiences. You learn from what you go through. China hasn't learned. No, well, let me say this. Either they've learned and don't care or they haven't learned. Here's the thing. I don't think China, I don't think the Chinese government is stupid. I think they just blatantly don't care. I I just, I don't think that they care. And let me, let me say this. China, again, is this an attack on Chinese people? No, it's not. This is, this is not a, this is not a, this is not about race. This is about ideas and hygiene and learning. That's what this is about. This is, this is just an overall, this is just an overall bad idea. Again, if you don't know what it, what Chinese wet market is, um, make sure you're not eating. Make sure that you're not about to eat. Make sure that you haven't eaten recently. You know, make sure there's like, you know, at least a couple of hours, okay? And then, you know, go watch, you know, Toy Story, you know, after you look at these images. But I encourage you, because you need to understand what is really happening. You need to understand, we need to understand where this came from and how we can prevent this. There was a, there was a man who started, who kind of, this whole problem started with this man eating an undercooked bat. Now, there's many problems with that. One, you really, sh- you just shouldn't be eating bats for, for any reason. I mean, un- unless, literally, unless you are trying to survive and you are trying, you, you are dying and you just need to find food. Okay? But that wasn't the case for this individual. Um, in China, they eat these exotic mammals that you really shouldn't eat at all. And they don't prepare them correctly. It's very, it's extremely unhygienic. I encourage you, and again, make sure you're not eating, but look up Chinese wet markets on Google Images. You will be disgusted. And many, many people point to the fact, oh no, you're just being racist because look at slaughterhouses. No, 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 no. Slaughterhouses are different because those are not near the public. Those are enclosed places where it, where you don't have a bunch of people walking through saying, oh, I'll take that one. I'll take that one. Can you chop that up for me right here? That's not how a slaughterhouse works. Slaughterhouses and wet markets are two very different things. They're two very different concepts. The public does not have access to a slaughterhouse. You can't just walk into a slaughterhouse with your shopping cart 
and just say, mm, okay, cut this up for me right here. You can do that in a wet market, though. It's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. I mean, the cruelty that these animals face um, is is sad. They're in these cramped cages. They are, you know, they are not healthy. They are exposed to lots of diseases. These are wild animals. Um, they're malnourished. I mean, these these animals, they're breeding grounds for diseases. And when you go to when you go to a Chinese mar- Chinese wet market, they will grab one of these animals, you know, foxes, hedgehogs, bats, cats, dogs, you know, just animals that you really just shouldn't be eating at all. They will take it and they will just they'll butcher it right there in front of you. And the blood will just It'll just run down onto the ground. That's why they're, that's why they're called wet markets. It's not called a wet market because they hose it down. It's not because of that they it's wet because they just butcher it right there. And trust me, you will get wet because they butcher it right in front of you, and you will be in the splash zone. These are it's just flat out unhygienic. There are no gloves. There are no um, face coverings. There's no... There's nothing. It is unbelievably unhygienic. They will take dogs that are alive and they will boil them. Um, and these are... I mean, they are some pretty... It's graphic stuff. And I would say this. If you're a parent listening to this, and some of my uh, audience, uh, they are parents. Um, listen to me. If, if your kid is, you know, try not to look at these pictures with your kid around. Alright? Um, if your kid is older, then, you know, it's fine. But, you know, if they're, if you have, you know, babies that are one, two, three, four, you know, they don't, they really don't need to see these images and be around you when you look at these images. It's sad. It is sad and I'm almost, I'm almost like, when I saw the story, I just, I wanted to cry because I said, China, at the very least, at, like, at the very least, could you at least wait until we got a handle on COVID-19 to reopen your wet markets? That's why I'm saying China doesn't, they don't care. They do, China does not care. We know COVID-19 came from China. We know it came from a man who ate a bat that was undercooked. And he got it from a uh, Chinese wet market. And it just went downhill from there. And what does China do? They reopen the breeding ground. <laughs> they they reopen the breeding grounds where these diseases take place. I mean, it it is it is absolutely serious. There is a uh, petition. Um, there is a petition um, on change.org. Um, and here's the thing. Um, it, 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 it's not, it's not going to work. Um, but let me, let me, let me read it to you. Um, it's from change.org. It's called, uh, close China's wet market permanently. Uh, this is by Michelle Taro. Dear President Trump, by the way, let me just say this. Um, her punctuation isn't good. It's, it's not good. Um, it's, it's, it's bad. It's kind of unprofessional. Um, but what she's saying, what she's saying is, is key. Um, dear President Trump, we need to close China's wet markets permanently. COVID-19 is just the latest virus caused by the wet markets in China, in China. Um, 
COVID, SARS, uh, H1N1, and now COVID-19. Um, and by the, uh, I think they all, I, I want to say they're also responsible for bird flu. I want to say, um, I believe if I'm, if I remember correctly, like H, things like H9N7, something like that. Um, the Chinese government allows citizens to breed animals and sell them at market. Um, gosh, this is so bad. And any and all animals, including bats, rats, poultry, live animals are butchered on site. The cages are stacked on top of each other. Um, excrement is seeping through cages below. Dead dogs are laying on top of these cages. Where there is an outbreak, they close the market down for a few months, then they reopen business as usual. It takes a few years for the next virus to mutate, but it does, um, which, by the way, that's not true, because um, viruses mutate all the time. That's, that's why vaccinations are so hard to do. Um, it takes a few years for the next virus to mutate, but it does, and there is another outbreak. Um, these markets need to be closed permanently. In 1998, China's communist government enacted the Wildlife Protection Law, which designated the animals as resources owned by the state and protected people engaged in the utilization of wildlife resources. The law encouraged the domestication and breeding of wildlife, which led to a large-scale industrialization of the industry. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read the rest of this because it's pretty pretty long, and it this is this is. This is tough stuff, man. I mean, um, people, you know, sometimes people, I remember I had a, I remember I had a friend and we were talking about, um, we were talking about, uh, we were talking about something. No, we were talking about Panda Express and I made, um, this person, made this joke saying, you know, be careful because, you know, you don't want to eat, you know, dog meat. And the person I was talking to was like, wow, that's racist. I mean, that's not, you know, that's not, they don't, you know, that's just a myth. That's not a real thing. And I was like, I was like, okay. I was like, Panda Express may not do it, but let me say this. In China, they do eat dogs. And he was like, no, he was like, no, they don't. And I, I had to show him pictures and he was shocked. And I showed him picture after picture. I was like, dude, this is like, this is real. Like this, like this is, it's not a, it's not a myth. Like there are, like there are dogs. They take live animals and they will boil them. They will eat animals that you just should not be eating. And it's just, and it's like this. It's like this. If you want to eat. Dogs, cats, if, if you, if your culture thinks like that's okay, alright, uh, well, let, let's give you that, okay? But we are now talking of the problem, the problem that I'm really expressing is the lack of hygiene at these places. There are no gloves, there's no facial coverings, there's blood everywhere, there's feces, it's just all mixed together and they don't care. They don't care. It's sick. There's no, there's no other way to put it. It's sick. This is from the Washington Post. Uh, China is reopening its wet markets. That's good. This is by David uh, Fickling. Here's one more issue to add to the bonfire of tensions with China brought on by the coronavirus pandemic. The country is reportedly reopening its wet markets, the fresh produce stalls associated with COVID-19's early spread in Wuhan. It's understandable that countries now in the grip of the first wave of infection might be outraged. Many blame wet markets for starting the outbreak in the first place. Opening them again at a moment when thousands are dying overseas seems emblematic of Beijing's increasingly chauvinistic uh, approach to world affairs. Animals in wet markets are penned and slaughtered or sold live right next to stalls selling fruit and vegetables. Conditions, as my colleague Adam Minter has written, are often less than hygienic. I don't even, I don't even know if those places know what the, I don't even know 
Whatever the Chinese word for hygiene is, I don't even know if they know what that is over there. I, I mean, I, I, I don't even know if they know what that is. Because, I mean, it's like... Sometimes, sometimes, you know, I've heard the phrase, if you know better, you do better. And see, that's not really true all the time. For, like, take example, smokers. Smokers know not to do it. Smokers know, to, they know smoking is bad, but that doesn't, they can't just, they can't just stop because one, they're addicted they like it, they're used to it, things like that. I don't believe all these people at these wet markets are, I don't believe that they're ignorant. I I just, I don't want, I can't believe, I can't believe, we've known, I mean, bacteria, we've known that germ, we've known that bacteria has caused disease since like, I mean, we've been studying that since like, 1850s? We've known about hand washing, the importance of hand washing, even in ancient times, you know, even in, even in the Bible, God instructed the Israelites to wash their hands in running water, to go to, you know, a river and wash their hands. But we've, you know, we've formally known the full science behind it since like 1920. 1919, 1920, so like at least a hundred years. And what I'm saying is these people, they can't be this ignorant about bacteria. I, I just, I can't believe that. Cause I'm like, I just, it, it's just, it's just, it's just sad. Places where a range of common and exotic animals mix together while bodily fluids flow freely may seem a fertile breeding ground Oh God, I just, I, this, just reading this, it bothers me. It bothers me. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you. If you will, I mean, these, look, look up these pictures and they scream disease. They scream unclean. And by the, by the way, it's not just like, it's not just like one of these places exists in China. There are tens of thousands of wet markets in China. Remember, China has 1.4 billion people. One in 1.4 billion. That's unbelievable. I mean, I mean, it's just really, really bad. We have to stop, like, we have to stop this. This is, like, it's not good. It is not good. Don't eat these animals. Stop doing these things. Be, you know, just, if, and I'm just saying this, if you, here's the thing. What markets wouldn't be such a problem if they just, if they were just, if they just had better regulation and just practice good hygiene? Don't just have, I mean, I'm telling you, these places are like packed. They're like on top of each other. I'm telling you, look up pictures and you will see just how bad and how unhygienic it is. And then you'll understand, okay, this is the problem. China hasn't learned. They haven't learned and they don't care. Either, well, let me say either or. Either they haven't learned or they have learned and don't care. And I don't think that they're stupid. I don't. They have doctors in China. They have scientists in China. They know what bacteria is. China isn't, is a, isn't, is a very old civilization. They go way back. They've made tremendous, you know, uh, they've had, they've had tremendous achievements. It's been crazy. The, the things that they've done, like they've done a lot of good and they've contributed a lot. They're not ignorant over there. They're not, they're not cavemen over there. They know, 
Again, this falls at the feet of the Communist Party of China. They don't care. They don't, like, they, they seriously don't care. I mean, it's just, it's, it's aggravating. It's aggravating. You would think at the very least, and you would think at the very least, they would wait until, you know, this ended. You would think at the very least they would wait until we got a handle on COVID-19. But no, they don't care. They just don't care. And that's that's what bothers me. And it should bother you too. I'm not going to get into other problems that China has. Every place has problems. But there are some places where it's like, you know what? It's just... It's just sad. It's it's just it's just sad. I I just ah oh God, it, it, this bothers me. This this really, this really bothers me. Because one thing I try to pride myself in on this podcast is taking personal responsibility for your actions, taking responsibility responsibility for the good as well as the bad. Take responsibility. For what it is that you go through. Some some things, yes, they are out of your control. Some things you some things you can't plan for. Some things are not your fault. Sometimes you are the victim of sad occurrences. But when you, when you look at yourself and you start with changing yourself and looking at, looking in the mirror, looking at the man or woman in the mirror and saying, mm, you know what? There's more in my control than I may, than I may admit. You know what? The reason I failed that test was because, you know, maybe I just didn't really do very well. You know, I, I just didn't really study like I should have. I should have studied, but I didn't. I wanted to party instead. I, I wanted to drink with my friends. I wanted to go out to eat. I didn't discipline myself. We need to take responsibility for what happens to us. Take responsibility for the good and the bad. Don't just take credit for the good and then and then point the finger when it comes time for the bad. Don't do that. And that's what China is, that's what China is not doing. They're not taking, they're not taking responsibility. And they're not fixing the problem. Cause there's multiple, there's two parts of this. There's, there's looking at yourself. I should say there's more than two parts. You have to look at, you have to look at what happened. And then yet, then the second part is asking yourself, is there anything I could have done to fix this? Is there anything I could have done to have stopped this? Third, once you analyze that, you make changes and you adjust from what you went through. You don't do it again. It's like this. If there's a thing, imagine there's a street and there's a big hole in the street. You go down this street. You didn't. This is the first time you, you go down the street. You walk into the ditch. You, you call up for help. You're like, help me, help me. I, I, I fell in. Please help me get out. Someone comes along. They call 911. You get out. Okay. Now you learn from that. You look at the name of the street. And you're like, okay, this street has a hole on it. Don't take the street. And then the next day comes. And you do it again. And you call out for help. And, and... Someone else comes along and they kind of look at you and they're like, you seem kind of familiar. Didn't, didn't, wasn't it you we had to rescue yesterday? And you said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, you know, or you may say, oh, no, 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 that wasn't me. I don't, I don't know who you're talking about. 
but then you but then if you keep doing this over and over and over again you you lack insight either you just like being rescued from your problems and you like being the victim and you like people having pity for you at some point people people would really just stop having pity for you they would just start laughing at you but they would look at you and say okay what is wrong with this person why can't they learn from this so it's up to you to not go into that hole anymore it's up to you to find a different street to get to your destination china had a problem they knew the they knew the problem they knew they knew that their policies and their practices were the cause of the problem they covered up the problem they lied about the problem and then it went out of control and then they started to point the finger elsewhere and then they're like okay you know you know what we'll 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 we'll, we'll take some responsibility we're, we're going to close them then you have the nerve to reopen the 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 places where this started what is the matter with you it's think i'm trying to find i'm trying to find an analogy that can easily be understood by everybody let me think okay all right you we'll do this we'll do this um you go on this date you're really attracted to this person and you're like wow they're so amazing they get me you know we have great chemistry um they're smart they're funny they're good looking um they're a joy to be around um they're passionate they you know things like that you start to date them you do things together and then they start abusing you mentally physically verbally you know financially sexually at some point you're going to leave okay you leave all right good for you you learn from that but then this person comes around again how stupid would you have to be to get with this individual again how i mean i mean how many times do you have to go through the same thing to learn and that's what i'm saying with china it's like it's not that china is ignorant it they're not they're not walking they're they're not living in caves over there they're not stupid they flat out they're flat out apathetic they don't care and that is just really bothering me and let me say this if you let me say that if you go to china um for what for whatever reason listen if it's if it if it were if it's for family i i understand i i guess i can understand but for pleasure purposes i i myself i would never go there's really nothing that great in china i don't want to see the great wall um i don't want to go to beijing i don't want to go to shanghai um you know i'm not trying to i'm not trying to see you know Shaolin monks that's what youtube is for I you know I'll watch him from here you know just I I I just I just don't know and now after this I'm def- I definitely want to go back China has to step up their game and China needs to be punished okay Now, on to sports. So, um the Major League Baseball. 
I think I actually think this is the first time I've ever talked baseball on this podcast. It's almost been a year since I've done this. Wow, that's that's amazing. Time really flies. Um so here here's the thing. Arizona might be hosting um Major League Baseball. And everything, like all games, would take place in Arizona. And let me say this. this That would really boost the economy of um, Arizona. Like, for real. Like, seriously. Um, And MLB is talking and saying, you know what? We could be doing this by May. We may start the season by May. Because remember, um, baseball, I think they usually start on April 1st or something, something around that time. I don't really pay attention to baseball. Um, but again, that is the ideal, um, that the ideal plan for for MLB is to start at the beginning of May. Do I think it's going to happen? Oh, no. No, I, I, I don't. Because, see, see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's... Let, let me read the article. Let me read the article. Um, okay. Boston's Chris Sale out for the season following Tommy John surgery thought about the prospect of his teammates sequestered in the Phoenix area for an extended period if Major League Baseball and its players adopt an all-Arizona start to the season. I don't know if I could look at my kids just through a screen for four or five months. Same thing goes with my wife, the pitcher said Tuesday. That's a long time, but people have done it in harsh scenarios. I guess. I think there's a lot of figuring out to do. A plan dictating that all 30 teams play games with no fans at stadiums in the Phoenix area, including the Diamondbacks Chase Field, um, 10 spring training facilities, and perhaps other nearby fields, has emerged above other options as the likeliest to work and has been embraced by MLB and MLB Players Association leadership, who are buoyed by the possibility of baseball's return and the backing of federal officials. With the MLB season delayed due to the coronavirus, both sides are searching for ways to get underway. Um, Kansas City manager Mike Matheny said he would feel privileged to help the country return to his uh, semblance of normalcy and provide an escape for fans. Let me skip down. Let me skip down. Um, Arizona has 10 spring training ballparks plus Chase Field, all within about 50 miles. Phoenix Municipal Stadium, Oakland's old spring training base, and now Arizona State Stadium is an option, along with Grand Canyon University's Brazil Field. Um, Chase Field could host several games each day, following its switch to an artificial surface ahead of the 2019 season. Um, baseball's look would be different in empty ballparks. Players from the Orioles and Washington Chicago White Sox recall playing in deserted Camden Yards in 2015 when civil unrest caused a closed doors uh, game. The game sped along in two hours and three minutes. Um, I remember that. That was due to the uh, crazy stuff happening in Baltimore. Um, but let me let me say this, man. I, I don't think this is going to happen. Um... Because, I mean, that's a lot, that's a lot of people. And here's the thing. At some point, you, you can't, I, I, here's why I don't think it's going to work. At some point, these people are going to have to be fed. Okay? They're going to have to be fed. Or they're going to need supplies. They're going to need toothbrushes, toothpaste. Some, you know, someone is, being sequestered is somehow going to have to end. 
at some point you're going to need outside resources to come in. You know, DoorDash, Uber Eats, uh, Postmates, you know, there are, there are going to be outsiders. There are going to be people who are going to eat and drink. They're going to do what people do. All right. And let's hope this doesn't happen, but say this plan happens. Okay. And, you know, part of the plan that, um, is having all the, having everyone that would be there, um, to be tested. Say everyone turns negative. Okay. Someone orders DoorDash. Okay. Uh, it's what if some, what if the driver has COVID nineteen? They deliver it to say who's a baseball player? Clayton Kershaw. He gets his food. He eats his food. And let's say, let's say, um, you know, it, it, let's say, and again, again, I, I don't want this to happen. I just want to make sure that I, that I'm clear about this because sometimes I am going off on a little tangent, but sometimes I have people who will email me and say, oh, you said this and said this. And I was like, yes, I did. But put it in context. Put like, go back, go back a minute, go forward a minute, and you will get the full picture of what I'm actually saying. Okay, so I'm not saying I want Clayton Kershaw to get the coronavirus. I don't want that to happen. I don't want anyone to get the coronavirus. I don't. Okay, but what I'm, I'm just, this is just a hypothetical situation. Okay, say, say Clayton Kershaw orders food. Someone in the process of making the food and delivering the food has COVID-19. He's now exposed. He's going to be practicing and playing with his teammates. They're going to be in the bullpen, you know, where they spit. They eat seeds. They chew gum. Okay? Someone else is going to get it. Then you're going to be playing different teams. Okay, so what I'm saying is, I don't think that this is feasible. See, because what you, what I understand what they're trying to do, and I I get it. They're trying to control the situation as much as possible. No fans, nothing like that. But I'm I'm just saying, I that's a lot of people. It is a lot of people, and I just. I don't think that would be good. I I, I mean I I understand because see let me say let me say this. Um, I applaud these ideas. I applaud people trying to be creative. I applaud people trying to figure out solutions to these problems. You know, NFL, NBA, people just getting back to work overall. It's hard. And and here's here's the thing. Eventually we're going to have to try we have we're gonna have to try something. Something's going to have to be tried. Something's gonna have to be used. Okay. And at some point we're gonna have to go back to work. People are gonna have to go back to school. Okay. At some point. We're gonna have to go. We can't. We can't just stay home. So, what I'm saying is, this idea it's not bad. It, you could do a lot. You could do a lot worse than this idea. It's it's a pretty good idea, but I think it's just really hard. Because I mean, that's people being involved. With, I mean, this is thousands of. This is thousands of people involved. I mean that that's just that's just really hard. That that's just really hard. I mean I I just I don't think it's going to work. Um 
I mean, it's hard because, I mean, they're going to be playing sports. They're going to be sweating. Because I was saying, well, you know what? You could have it to where everyone, you know, they don't spit. No one's allowed to eat sunflower seeds. You know, just no eating there. So there's no chance of, you know, spit coming out. But I'm like, okay, well, what about sweat? What about contact? You know, it, it's just it's just not really... It's just not feasible. I think it's a good idea. I think we can... I think now this idea should be the baseline and say, okay, how do we build upon this idea? How do we improve this one? I think this is a good idea, but I just don't think it can be used yet. I just, I don't think so. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be, there's a lot of, there's a lot of problems with this. Um, it's going to be hot. Um, cause I mean, remember this, remember they're going to be, they would be doing this in Phoenix. It can, it can get hot in Phoenix. I don't know if you've ever, um, been in temperatures that are over a hundred degrees, but it, it, it's hot. It, it, it gets, it gets really hot. I mean. You know, money. I mean, I mean, this is this is expensive. I mean, you you'd be putting up a bunch of people in hotels. That's really expensive, and I mean, TV deals and things like that. It would just be really hard. I I just. It's it, it's a good idea. It just needs a lot more work, and there are more questions. There are questions that would have to be answered first. Um, let me say this. And I again, I don't want this to happen. I I don't. I could very easily see sports not returning in twenty twenty. It it may be twenty twenty one. It, it may not be another year until we actually start seeing, you know, football again, basketball, baseball, um, th- things like that. That's what I think is going to happen. Not just at the professional level, but just people overall. Little League, uh, Pop Warner, you know, AYSO. I, I, I just, I, I, I don't, I think it's going to be a long time. I really do, and I I don't want that to happen. But it it's it's tough because he, because here's the thing: you can't just keep playing. It's like this. Let's just say you say, okay, bring we'll bring back sports, but no fans. Um. You can't just keep doing that. You can't just keep using stadiums and arenas and not having fans because fans bring money. You know, TV, again, TV deals are huge, but those arenas need money. They, they just, they just do because it's, you gotta have air conditioning, lights, electricity. Um, whatever. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, what about, I mean, social distancing? I mean, how, how's that going to work? You know, batters, you know, batters and catchers. What about umpires? Are you going to use robots? You know, what about, you know, someone gets a base hit and now you have uh, the pitcher, I mean, not the pitcher, but you have the first baseman and the runner on first, they're in close proximity. I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I have, I don't, I don't know. 
I really can't say. I think it's a good idea. I think this should be the baseline. Um, but let me, let me just say this. Um, expect, just don't, don't, don't expect, don't expect. Plan and prepare yourself for sports not returning in 2020. I'm not saying that will happen. I'm just saying plan for that. Because here's what's going to happen. When one league starts again, the other leagues are going to be like, okay, well, we got to start making money ourselves. Um, but that's, that's what I'm going to say, man. I, I just, I, I think we should just, just prepare yourself to not see sports in 2020.